Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now with Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 623.18. The truth is out there. Knowledge is power. This is the Prepper Podcast Radio Network. Thanks for joining us here at Surviving Dystopia. Our shows are dedicated to helping you prepare to thrive during uncertain times. Visit us at survivingdystopia.com for more information on upcoming shows and archives. Check out our forum, post comments or questions, and join the Surviving Dystopia community. Good evening, everyone, and uh, hopefully this goes off without a hitch. Um, I, I actually have my phone on at the same time, so hopefully if anything goes awry, I'll be able to uh, hop on to my phone instead, and uh, we won't run into any problems for some reason. You know, every time I want to get on this show, my computer doesn't want to work. So... Um, I can tell that I'm still here as of right now, so we'll go ahead and, and, uh, and run with it at this point. Uh, this is part four of the preparedness series. Today, we're going to talk about water. You know, water is one of the most important resources we need to live. You know, there is an old saying, it's called the rule of threes. And you can survive for three minutes without air, three hours without shelter in a harsh environment, three days is all you got without water and three weeks without food. There are other ones out there, the rule of sevens, you know, on and on and on it goes. But for us, for today, we're going to talk about the rule of three. Three minutes without air or in very icy water, that's something else. Uh, Three hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. So let's talk about these threes and what this three means to you. You know, dehydration is, uh, is probably one of the most serious concerns in a survival situation. Uh, more people, well, actually, you know what? More people actually die of hypothermia. However, dehydration is probably next. And it can accel- accelerate the onset of hypothermia and uh, other life-threatening issues. Uh, we need water, Um even even in our everyday lives, if you are not drinking enough water in your everyday life, like I had, I had a brutal headache. It was terrible. It was this amazing headache that was so bad the other morning. And um, 
I, 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 the night before, I really wasn't uh, going potty. So, um, you know, that should have told me that I needed more water. You, uh, that day, I probably hadn't, hadn't drank a whole glass of water. Speaking of which, I'm going to take a sip. And um, your brain, when it's dehydrated, you will have headache. And, uh, you, you know, I think, I think that that's what it you know, What's amazing is when you start thinking about a survival situation, you start thinking about the fact that you don't have any water. Um, and that kind of a headache is going to come on. I don't know how the heck anybody is supposed to get through a survival situation. If they're, I don't know how they're supposed to hunt or, or forage or take care of a garden or even their family or even the kids for that matter, with that kind of headache. And, you know, without water, a person will suffer exhaustion, dehydration. You'll get muscle cramp, heat stroke, illness. Um, actually, death will literally occur within four to ten days. You need water for, for to prepare your food. You need it, um, I mean, you can wash, right, Maybe even if you're just washing your hands. Um, you, you might need it for sanitation purposes. Um, you know, it's the needs of water, we as humans, actually all life forms on this um, planet need water. And so, you know, water is so important. And it's funny that it's already taken us to show four to finally get to the topic of water. But water is such a huge topic. Water is something that is so vital and so huge you know, that it, it's, it's just taken us a little bit to think about the other things because water is, is just a, a gigantic consideration that we need to think about. You know, um, something that used to be true, you know, I always talk about doing things the old way, the way that people used to do them. But the thing is, is that they used to draw water from a stream or a creek or something like that. But we can't do that anymore. Um, most of the water that's available, what we call surface water, it can't safely be consumed. Um, you know, when you think about it, most of the water on the planet is salt water. And uh, that will literally speed up dehydration. And... Um, you know, in that situation, you need to employ a desalinization process, which is something I'm going to go into here a little bit later. Um, most of the fresh water, however, on the planet is infected with dangerous bacteria, microorganisms. Um, you know, if you drink this water, it may not kill you, but, you know, when you think about it, it what will kill you is the diarrhea and the vomiting and stuff that these microorganisms will cause. And uh, those things, even though you may be consuming this bad water, you're, you're expelling it at such a rate that um, your body will not be able to recover. And you die of, um, um, you know, dehydration. And um, there's other things that are contaminating our water. You know, uh, chemicals are in the water. You think about all the raw sewage, um, things, runoffs from plants, uh, like, like coal plants or, or other manufacturing plants. 
like this. These things have been dumped for years into our environment and they've made their way into our water supply. Um, most of the, like I said, most of your surface water is contaminated and you cannot just drink it. And I am going to get to um, this a little bit later. I just touch on some of the, the different things at first. So we've just talked about surface water. There is um, always the fact that you can um, put away water. Uh, you can save water. You can, you can store water. Uh, that, is, that is a possibility. And the key here with storing water, however, is that water is a, a, a very space-taking and um, heavy, heavy thing to store. So if you had to pack it out and go, you know, uh, your, your stored water may not be um, all that you had hoped it would be. So this is why, you know, the old adage of one is none and two is one. Having more than one way to obtain this valuable resource is definitely going to be in your best interest. So at this point, I want to talk about obtaining water. I'm going to talk about what you're going to do with the, with the obtained water a little bit later. But first, I want to talk about obtaining it. So if we're talking about water from the perspective that we intend to sit put, we intend to stay put and we need water. Now, of course, we can store water and that is going to be something that everybody should do no matter what. Because even if you have a sustainable water system, um, if for some reason you use electricity to um, purify your water by, by, say, osmosis or UV lights, then um, having some stored away for use during brief periods of time, what if you have a well and you can't pump the water until you set up your solar or something to that effect? So, I mean, ideally you'd have it so that it runs off grid all the time, but most of us, unfortunately, turn on the tap and out pops water and here we go. And it's even gotten to the point now where I don't know how many people out there, if I could see a raise of hands, you know, it probably would be a very large portion of people, but how many people out there actually drink your tap water? I know I don't. Um, and the reason that I don't is not because it's contaminated with microorganisms, but it's contaminated with chemicals. Um, they put so much chemical into the water to purify it and make it um, water that we can, we can drink that, uh, I mean, sometimes you, sometimes you can, you can turn on your faucet and you can smell the bleach uh, some cities still put fluoride in the water, and fluoride is a neurotoxin. Uh, we've, we've, you know, recently, well, it's not even recently, it's been known for a very long time that fluoride is actually a neurotoxin, and you really don't want to consume it. And that consuming it actually does very little for your teeth, which was the whole purpose of putting fluoride in the water, or so they say. At any rate, your, your water system um, beyond the stored water, that what you need to put away is so enormous. There, there's, there's tons and tons of, of matrices out there that you can 
that's going to tell you that you need anywhere from a half a gallon to five gallons a day per person in an emergency situation between drinking, washing, and and other things. So um, I could tell you that a gallon a day per person is going to be sufficient. However, I know people who drink nearly a gallon of water a day. What are they going to use for hygiene and things like that? Each person's water needs, like some people's water needs are greater than others. If you are a diabetic, your water needs are higher than other people. If you are heavier or taller, bigger, the mass that you carry is going to mean that your body is going to require more water than, say, a young child, a child is still going to need ample amounts of water. However, that small body doesn't need to drink a gallon of water. He would probably actually perish from a gallon of water a day if you gave it to a small child. So everybody's needs are going to be different. So I'm not going to give you a magic number that's going to say how much water you need to use in an emergency situation. But you know what you can do? You can, dele- you can delegate one gallon of water, get a, you know, a gallon of water, um, delegate that as your water for the day and um, don't take into account showers and flushing and stuff like that because in all honesty if you're in an SHTF situation in all likelihood your toilet's not going to work and you're not going to want to waste the water in the tank from the toilet anyway so we're not going to take those things into account just take a gallon of water and use that exclusively for what you drink and what you cook, a gallon, two gallon, three gallon, four gallon, whatever, how many ever many gallons you feel like you need to put away for that day and use only that gallon of water for everything that you do for that day, be it drinking water, making coffee, cooking pasta, uh, whatever you use water from. Put a plastic bag or something over your kitchen sink, over your bathroom sink. Do not use your tap water for a day except to take a shower and flush your toilet. At the end of the day, at the end of 24 hours, figure out how much water you used. Now, most of us are going to use a great deal of water more than we would need to use in a survival situation. And the reason is, is because we're going to be a lot more fussy about our water in a survival situation than we are just pulling this experiment. I love to throw out for you guys experiments or, or tasks for you to try. Because I'm not one, you know, a lot of things, there's a lot of shows out there, there's a lot of magazines, there's so much preparedness information out there that will tell you, they will give you specific sets, specific guidelines that you need to follow, specific lists of specific foods. I'm not all about this because I may not eat what you eat. And you may not eat what your neighbor eats. And I may use less water than you use than a child uses. The only way for you to figure out how much water you need is to determine how much water you need. Take the experiment. If you find that you used five gallons of water in a day, and that did not include showering, and that did not include laundry washing, that does not include um, potties, potty breaks, and things like that, but just your, you know, your basic needs without those things. That's going to tell you how much water you're going to need per day per person, roughly per adult person in your household. So this is the only way that I can give you for some 
form of standard as to how you're going to determine how much water you need to save. I hate it when people say you need a gallon of water a day. I know people who drink a gallon of water a day. That's a whole lot of water. And then what are they going to cook with if all they planned for was a gallon of water a day? Because somebody told them that a gallon was all they needed. This is not fair, people, and I'm not about being unfair. I'm not about giving you information that's going to later on get you killed. I talked about this. I talked about the person in there is a show on my, in my, you know, in the Surviving Dystopia shows. You can find them on PrepperPodcast.com where I talked about the flim flam man, this guy is just out there hanging out in the prepper world and he's making a buck or two and he's just telling you whatever it's going to take. And I, I really believe that unless we seek out this information on our own, we are going and we have no one to blame but ourselves. We are going based on somebody else's opinion and somebody else's ideas and I'm all about figuring it out for yourself because if you go based on what that person says you could end up dying in a short period of time because all of a sudden you're using two gallons of water a day your time has just been cut in half so enough on the stored water we already have figured that out I've given you guys a challenge so that you can go out and figure out your own needs for stored water what else are we going to talk about we can talk about setting up water systems outside of just turning on the tap and getting city water. Setting up a system that will provide running water in your home is the ideal. It would be the, the, the one thing that would make life a whole lot easier for you. But if you have to set it up in a separate fashion, that's, that's also good as well. But um, there, there are primitive options, and um, there, there's, you know, there's always the, the ideal situation. And for me, my idea of what would be ideal for your system of water, it would require no electricity. It would not require anything mechanical, because if you have a pump, it could break. It delivers, you know, at least reasonable pressure into your house, enough so that you could take a shower and it wouldn't be a dribble coming on your head. Um, it, would, it, would, it would hold enough water for all your domestic needs and any irrigation, and it contains already purified water. That would be ideal. So, like I said, one of the first things, even if you're not talking about stored water, but you're talking about alternative sources of water, figure out what your consumption is. Figure out what your daily needs of consumption, say in a survival situation is. That's going to tell you, I need three gallons of water a day for drinking, eating and cooking, uh, maybe hand washing, dishwashing, minimal things like this. That's what I need that for. Then I need water for sanitation, which could be your toilet if you want to use a toilet, which could also be your shower. Uh, that would fall under sanitation. And then figure out if you're going to need irrigation. Irrigation would be watering your plants or watering your garden, whatever, you know, that may be. 
So there is actually only four main sources of water, four basic main sources of water. You can have a well. You can tap a spring if you can find a spring. There, are, there is surface water, creeks, lakes, oceans included, and then there is rainwater. Each of these sources will have an advantage and a disadvantage. And, um, you know, in rural areas, here where I live, we have a well. Um, the whole building, we run on a well. So I don't have chemicals in my water, but it does have uh, minerals like iron and stuff like that in it. So uh, that's why I, I, I don't necessarily drink it. But um, a well is probably the most accepted means. And when you think about a well, the deeper the well, the purer the water. That's pretty much the old adage and the way that it goes. So as long as you have a deep well, you're not likely to be susceptible to droughts. You're not likely... Uh, to run into contamination, uh, they're usually uh, pretty clear water. The one thing is that they can be a little bit difficult to deal with sometimes in an independent manner. Um, you know, if your well's not deep enough or protected enough, the water could get contaminated. Um, the output may be low. Um, the one good thing with wells is, is that there's usually not a question or an issue about who owns the water, which can be an issue. And we've we've all seen the westerns where they dam up the the river and the cows can't get any water, and there's a huge gunfight and somebody dies. That probably wouldn't be too far from the truth. The one thing with a well is that it requires one or two of the things that we thought might not be ideal. It would probably require electricity to run the well pump, which is mechanical. So um, in, in that fashion, if you have a well, hooking up another means to get the water from that well, if the power goes out, is something that you want to take into consideration. If a well is your source of water, you need a hand pump. Or I have seen them do it with a windmill. So think about that. Another thing is the spring. When you think about springs, they're great uh, sources of water. They are so fresh. They're, they're absolutely the greatest water, I think, that you can get grubby little paws on. Sometimes they're seasonal, uh, so they may disappear during uh, the dry times, and that is, um, that is possibly an issue. So you want to keep that in mind when you start thinking about uh, springs and, uh, you know, there's or something that, you know, they, they may dry up and then you don't have them anymore. So having a secondary in this situation is, um, is probably a good idea. Um, the one thing is, is though springs are captured. Usually if you set up a spring system, they're captured before uh, the water can get out into the air. They are also usually shallow water sources, and uh, they can be susceptible to contamination. Some contaminants, if it's really shallow, um, can, uh, it, it can get into your spring. So you want to keep that in mind and make sure 
what we're going to talk about moving on with all of these is the purification system. The next thing is surface water. Surface water, if you've got a good river or a lake, things, you know, nearby that offer really good sources of surface water, this is great. Um, if it's not like a, a very large river or something like that, uh, you could find that um, it could dry up as well. So you need to take into account um, dry seasons. Look in your area around August, you know, August, September, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, um, this is when, you know, late summer happens. This is when we tend to see droughts and things like that. So uh, you want to keep that in mind for surface waters is that um, if they're a very tiny spring that they may uh, dry up or, or a very tiny river that they may dry up. Now, one other, the last one um, is rain. And for those of you that are dealing with a lack of water on your land anywhere, rain is a very viable option. However, lately it seems that you can't collect rain in some areas of this country. So you might want to check the area you're in. I believe uh, Colorado is one that you can't collect your rainwater. I'm not positive, so, so don't hold me to it. Find out in your area if you are allowed to collect the rainwater, because if you're not, you could find yourself in deep doo-doo. Now, I know out in Ohio, when I was out in Ohio, that a lot of houses had cisterns, and they would gather the water from the roofs, and they would um, put them into underground holding tanks. Underground tanks, incidentally, is the best idea because it keeps the sunlight off of them and keeps bacteria from growing in the water, bacteria, algae, things like that. Now, when you're talking about rainwater, um, this water can be contaminated if there is a contaminant in the air. So there are a few reasons why you might not be able to collect the rainwater. If there's volcano and there's volcanic ash in the air, uh, the ash is going to get into your rainwater. You probably don't want to um, let it go completely unfiltered into your tank because that's all going to settle into sludge at the bottom of your tank. And then, you know, you would play hell to get it out of there. And um, some other ways, reasons that you would not want um, to, to consume or collect the rainwater might be due to radiation or chemicals in the air due to some kind of chemical or nuclear uh, war. One thing that you do always want to be aware of when we are talking about water, we want to always look into water rights. In almost every state, if not all of them, all water above or below the ground is claimed by the state. <clears throat> Believe it or not, if water rights were transferred with your property when purchased, then you may have already you may already have matters taken care of. But if not, then the process for new water rights starts. So you might want to check into that. You're going to want to check into water rights. That's very very important. So I mean, now that we've gone over a couple of these things, there are so many. I mean, we're already halfway in and. I am still going to want to talk about um, some other things here. So um, leaving it at that for these things, these are the things that you're going to want to consider. And so if your sole means of water is going to be a well, then you need to look into all the different things about your well. 
uh, the things that you're going to want to need to know. Uh, the purity of the well, the depth of the well, how do you use to get the water out of the bottom of the well? What happens if the power goes out? How does your well pump work? Can you do it well or do you? There's a lot of things to consider when we're talking about springs. You want to look into water purification methods, be it um, um, some people do it with UV light, some people do it with uh, reverse osmosis, some people do it with filtration systems. Um, as far as whole house, whole house systems go, <clears throat> there are a lot of different ways to do it, and there are a lot of options out there. And in an hour's long show, I'm not going to cut you. Uh, as for rainwater, I, I do want to tell you something about rainwater. I want to tell you about a, you know, I found this old book, and it had all these old gadgets from and 1700s of how people did things. Well, you know, they did purify their water, and um, there was the one where they, um, they would funnel the water off the roof. They would catch it in gutters and run it down into um, these two barrels. And both of the barrels were filled with rocks and sand and all manner of means to filter the water. There's a full, full filtration in each of these barrels. So the water barrels would also have on the end of the flute, I'm trying to explain it as best I can, on the end of the water chute where it would come into the barrels, there was another one across the bottom that sat on a pivot and on hung a float kind of, that worked kind of like a wood. And the water would flow down onto the one and it would tip to the right or the left. So say it tipped it to the right, and once that barrel was full, the flotation device would push the the at the fill to the water into the left barrel because the right barrel was full and the right barrel could now percolate the water down into the cistern. This water was pre-filtered through the one barrel. The next barrel would fill up and again, the, uh, the flotation device would, would tip the scale and the, and the water would now return to the right, to the right side. If you guys get this, it kind of looked like a scale. And the water would go to the one that was empty, and the flotation device would it would work like a like the the flotation thing in your in your toilet, for example, that stops your water from going in. It would now funnel it into the next barrel. I thought this was phenomenal. I thought this was a great way to pre-filter your water. So I just wanted to throw that out there for y'all because um, I really I really did think that it was it was wonderful. Um, we are at about halfway into the hour. So right now I want to play a couple of ads and get myself a drink of water about our final option, which is surface water. And it will apply to the other three forms of water, but surface water filtration. And I also want to talk about emergency. These I'm talking about are bigger filtration systems. And I want to talk about your bug out bag and your filtration <clears throat> on the run and emergency filtration that you can use if you find yourself in a situation where you do not have a filter. So don't go anywhere because I'm going to talk about filtration 
and emergency water filtration uh, in the next half hour. So hang in there while we take a short break. Are you ready for a natural disaster? Could you survive for days, weeks, or months without power? If you've thought about what it means to prepare for the worst, then the RK Prepper Show's Survival and Green Living Expo is for you. Long-term food storage, solar power, bug-out kits, tactical gear, and so much more will be available for purchase. Included with the price of admission is attendance to all seminars. Visit on both days and hear featured speakers share their knowledge. See the full event schedule and more at www.rkpreppershows.com. Calling all writers. Do you look upon your book in its moments as a first draft, dreaming that someday you'll see it in print? Well, why not? If there's one thing we understand at Angry Eagle Publishing, it's the dreams of authors. A member of the IBPA, Angry Eagle uses a hybrid approach to publishing. Whether you want a full-service or a la carte experience, we see you through the process of finding just the right publishing avenue. Are you an author in search of readers or a reader in search of books? Angry Eagle wants to hear from you. Publish a book, find an illustrator, a beta reader, or an art team to suit your needs. Head over to AngryEaglePublishing.com for more information and to connect with artists, authors, and readers. Stop by to see which book is featured and if you can turn your voracious reading or artistic ability into free books and even cash. Contact us at AngryEaglePublishing.com for more information. We are a proud sponsor of the Prepper Podcast from the Patriot Network. Use code PODCAST to let us know that you are part of the Prepper Podcast Network of listeners and be entered for a free signed copy of the featured book. Hi there, I'm back, and I just finished my drink of water. Now, y'all have been waiting patiently for the best part, and of course, my computer doesn't want to work, so the one resource that I wanted to look at um, isn't available quite yet, but hopefully it will be here in a little bit. Um, So I was going to talk about filtration, and I just talked about a quick manner of filtering your water coming coming off the roof of your house. You can um, use that kind of stand, type of filter stand and rocks. You can use activated charcoal. There's so many different ways that you can filter water. But the important thing is, is that you need to get it to a point where you are not consuming something in your water that is going to be detrimental. So with this, I want to talk about what we considered safe forms of water, and that was wells springs, and rainwater. Um, Those waters are considered fairly safe to drink and use with minimal filtration. But having some form of filtration for these is also a good idea. And since most of these are going to be um, used in a fashion uh, in your house, the whole house systems are are definitely something that you might want to look into. But you can also look at on-the-counter systems. Now, I had what was called a uh, ceramic filter. And uh, the company that I bought it from is out of business, so um, we, I, I, I'm looking for new ones. But I literally made this on-the-counter 
uh, water filtration system out of two five-gallon buckets that had a spigot on one end, and it would drip, the the filter would be in the top bucket, and it would drip down into the bottom bucket, and I could spigot out fresh, clean drinking water that was that was you know the 99.999 percent pure. There's all manner of these kinds of filters out there, from the expensive Berkey filters, which are are top of the line, definitely wonderful, wonderful filters. There is all manner of them out there, just Google water filters or on-the-counter water filters. This is, um, you know, I'm not here to promote any of them. I just want to throw them out there as a, um, as a resource and uh, give you guys something to think about. So you have your on-the-counter water filters. These ones here, you pour your water into. I used to pour my tap water into it because I had a well water and it was kind of rusty. And, uh, you know, you just pour it in there and your water comes out fresh and clean. It gets all the, gets all the gunk and stuff out of it. <clears throat> so those are the on-the-counter on the water filters, and those work really well. Unfortunately, carrying two five-gallon buckets, you know, that you have to assemble on the road during a bug-out situation is probably not going to be something that you're going to be looking at doing um, if you were in an emergency situation where you're trying to bug out. So thinking about that, there is a couple of different forms of water filtration. And uh, one of those is uh, the small handheld personal filters. Um, those, uh, like they have the soil water filters in Walmart. There's a whole bunch of them. There is the uh, life straw off the top of my head. I'm, I'm going to stop naming names ha- here, however, because I do not want you to determine which one you're going to get based on um, whether or not I put it out there. Well, I really just really don't know what happened to my thing here. It, uh, it's really giving me a hard time. Let's go. I apologize for that. Let's see if it'll go now. Um, so the, we've talked about those basic filtration systems. Most of the time they need replacement cartridges. You can you can go to the store and buy a Brita, and it is going to filter your water for you. Um, you know, it does not have to be a – I mean, we're talking about well water. We are talking about spring water. We are talking about your rain water. This water is already fairly pure. The percolation – through the ground, in in most cases, makes the 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 underground water uh, pretty viable. And then, you know, water that comes from the air, unless, like I said, the things that would cause you not to want to use it, most of the water that's in the air is pretty safe, even though it may have some debris in it, late, you know, leaves or little particulates of, of, of pollutions and pollutants that might be in the air. So you do want to filter it. But these basic filters um, will work good for these types of situations. When we are talking about surface water, we are talking about water that could be contaminated with deadly parasites, with parasites that will cause you to have diarrhea and vomiting violently. These will make you terribly uncomfortable. Do not drink the surface water. And um, I say this vehemently. 
because I would really, I mean, I don't know how many people out there have watched Naked and Afraid or, you know, Dual Survival, all these shows, and they show you these people purifying the water in one fashion or another. Now, there's a multitude of ways that you can do this. The first one and the most obvious one is filtration. You build a filter out of something. You get sand, you get, you know, rocks, you get, you know, all, all, all moss, all kinds of things to filter through your cloth, whatever you need to do, put it through, you know, even smaller and smaller and smaller filtration systems until you filter it through. But even still, when you use this filtration system, unless it guarantees it, like some of the water filtration systems do, to pull out these microorganisms, after you're done filtering it, that filtration system will work really good to take out larger particulates. But the very, very small, you know, micron-sized things, the little tiny, tiny things, um, those are going to need to be killed. Those you're going to need to do something else with. And that's where we're going to come into um, one of the next things. And that would be boiling. I'm I wish I could walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, because I'm, I'm trying to type this in, and trying to think about what I'm talking about all at the same time. Sorry. Um, so here it brings us to boiling, boiling of the water. Um, one thing that's good about the boiling of the water is that it will accomplish a couple of different things. Uh, the first one, of course, is that it will kill the microorganisms. You need to probably boil it for, um, they say, what do they say? Jeez, boy, am I some... Uh, happen in person here they say you need to boil it for um, a couple of minutes and I, and the reason that you know I, I, I don't know exactly what everybody says is because I have my own and my own is I say you need to boil it for five minutes and I thought that you do need to boil it for a time. Some people tell me to I just feel like I know when I am peeing. So you need to feel boil. And I'm hoping everybody can see. All right, Chamber. Okay, okay hopefully, hopefully y'all, y'all can, can hear, hear me. me. I, I had to change over. I was worried that the computer might think about doing something like this. So I had to change over to um, a, different, a different means of communication with y'all. So we've talked about filtering the water, and we've talked about boiling the water. Well, there are other ways that we can purify the water. 
And one of those is also water purification tablets. Now, I know that these are not the most popular way to do them anymore now that we have all these fancy, schmancy, you know, high-tech gadgets that will uh, be guaranteed to purify your water for you. However, what if you don't have more filters? What if you, remember what I said, one is none, two is one? What if you, you know, what if you break it? You know, what if it decides it doesn't want to work anymore? Here's where you come in with a secondary or a backup type of a situation. And with this, the water purification tablets sometimes are made with iodine. There's a two-step process with the one that I have that I carry in my dugout bag. Using these is very simple, and I highly recommend that everybody give it a try. And the reason I think you ought to give it a try is because the water will taste different when you're done. So give that a shot. See what you think. Um, not everybody, not everybody has a palate for it. Another form of purification besides the tablets are um, people use bleach as water purification. Now, I am not going to condone this as a sole means of water purification. Uh, not at all. First of all, sodium hypochloride is not necessarily good for you. So neither is iodine. However, iodine has the means uh, to protect your body from something. So, like, you you need it on occasion for, let's say, my computer just died again. I don't even know how to make this work. Um, in the event of any kind of nuclear fallout, um, you need the iodine for your thyroid um, in the case of radiation. So there's a whole big wide thing going on there. But at any rate, it is a means that will help you procure a more um, purified water, a few drops of bleach in a gallon, I believe it is. It will also help keep the water from, uh, it will help keep stored water from um, stagnating and from growing any kind of um, algae or anything in it, uh, the bleach is good for this. Um, but understand, you need to make sure you get the right kind of bleach. Do not get, you need to get the pure stuff. Do not get the stuff with scent in it or the laundry bleach is not there. Don't get those. You want to get the pure kind of bleach. Those other bleaches have chemical, other chemicals in them and you do not want to use them. Bleach is probably the last thing that I would use. Um, but it is out there as an option. So make sure you have it on hand for multiple reasons. Uh, you have, as soon as a pandemic or an epidemic, and you need to clean things, bleach is a wonderful way to clean things, like cleaning off doorknobs or, or things to help try to keep germs at bay. Bleach is wonderful for this. So it would, it would serve a multiple purpose for you to store some of that. The last means that I'm going to talk about is um, a means that requires it requires a little bit of work, and it is absolutely pure H2O. The problem with this pure H2O is that it has nothing else in it. And, um, I mean, it's the purest water you can pretty much get. However, the body needs other things that water gives us. There's usually minerals and things in the water that we need. So um, this means it's distillation. You can distill, and this is what I wanted to talk about. Distillation is a form of desalinization. You can drink salt water if you distill it. 
Unfortunately, living on only distilled water means you need extra minerals. Um, there's many, many things that is left behind in the distillation process. And if anybody doesn't know what distillation is, distillation is the act of distilling your water. And to distill water, basically you turn it into steam and then cool it, and it turns back into water. It's, it's, uh, it's actually very, very simple to do. And uh, you can do it simply by putting, um, putting a pot of water onto boil and, I mean, the most basic way to do it is to, to put a piece of plastic even or a piece of tin foil or something that caps but leaves a little bit of opening because you want the water to actually cool. So it needs a way for the air to get through. But the steam goes up and it, it condensates on – it will condensate on the um, – on the thing that you have covering it, and uh, it will drip down the sides of it, and you catch it in containers at that point. That water is absolutely drinkable with no problems whatsoever. You can just go ahead and drink it warm if you want to. Um, cooling it off is probably a good idea, but as it as the distillation process happens, it cools the water off, and it's the cooling of the water that causes it to um, come back in the form of water. It dribbles on down it and you can catch it. You can um, get water this same process out of the ground. You dig a hole, you put a cup in the middle of it, you cover that hole with a, a piece of plastic and put a rock in the middle. All the water that rises up. You ever look out across the sky and you can see, you know, the ground and you can see the morning time and there's like uh, you know, the steam or the fog coming up off the ground. Well, that is actually water coming up out of the ground, and it is rising. And so if you dig that hole, put the cup in the bottom, right in the middle, and then the rock holds it down in the middle. The water rises up in the form of steam. It hits your plastic. It cools and it dribbles back down into your cup. That water, you can drink it right then and there, no purification needed. Um these are all forms of distillation. Unfortunately, with the distillation process, make sure you store minerals. You need a good multivitamin, multimineral uh, type of a supplement for the means to incorporate enough minerals into your water because your body does need them. Um, these are just a few basic things. I did not have a list of, of specific products I wasn't going to give you. I wasn't going to give you specific numbers and amounts. All I wanted you to have was the overview. All I wanted you to have in this is something to think about. Now, from here, from this point, what you're thinking about right now is how do I plan to take care of my water needs? How am I going to take care of these water needs? Am I going to use a well? Am I going to plan on using surface water and purifying this water? Do I plan to use rainwater? Do I plan to have filters? Do I plan to uh, chemically purify the water? Um, do I plan to distill the water? There's multiple ways. You can filter water. You can chemically purify it. You can boil it, and you can distill it. So... Um, Keeping these things in mind, redundant systems is always a good thing. Always, 
always, always, always. I am a few minutes from being done. So always remember to um, put up some stored water. Do the challenge. Give it a shot. See how much water you use in the day. You will be amazed at how much water you use in the day. Now, in order to do this, you cannot go out and buy a bottle of water. You have to take it with you. If you go to work and you, you I mean, you have to put it into a, a water bottle that you take or carry your gallon with you. Only use this water throughout the course of the day and see how much water you use. Take the test. Do the quiz. Now you'll know how much water to put away. You're going to want at least a week's worth of water because if you have to seek out a new water source, you need a week to find and get a new water source up and running. I would I would say a month would be way better. So if you can figure out how much water you need to store for a month and get that put away, you'd have a great start going on there. Don't forget to take care of stabilizing the water. And then from there, figure out your permanent water systems, your primitive water systems, whatever system you're going to use that will feed right into your house. That's the best idea. If you look at my book, um, uh, the Let's see, the first book is the one, the, the uh, beginning of the end, is the one where they set up a system and they uh, use the well water and they use solar. So, um, you know, with this, just, just give yourself time to make an outlet. Write it down. You know, this is something that I talk about in the New Pepper Overload when I do the classes at the Expos. Write it down. Get yourself an outline and say, okay, I know after my experiment that I'm going to use two gallons of water a day. I need to store two gallons of water a day for each of the people in my family because we're all going to use two gallons of water a day. We're just making a nice round number. There are five people in this family. I need 10 gallons of water per day. One week at 10 gallons of water per day, that's 70 gallons. When you think about a month, call it 30 days. We are talking about three the 300 gallons of water after 30 days at 10 gallons of water. So you got to think about how you're going to store 300 gallons of water. That's a month's supply. Once you've made it past that, start working on your, your permanent systems, the systems that you are going to use that are going to provide you ongoing water, and also think about your emergency water supply, the way that you are going to get water if you are stranded if you uh, make sure your bug out bags have the means to get, I mean, water, three days is all you got. The rule of threes, three days without water. Keep that in mind. So make sure your bug out bag has a means to purify water. Whether you plan to boil it, filter it, or chemically treat it, you need to make sure that you have a means in your bug out bag and the most important thing here is that you know how to use that means. Practice. Just think about trying the water purification tablets and you get it and you taste it and it's so unpalatable to you that you vomit. That's not going to work if you can't hold it down. So make sure you test out your water system. That's the, one of the most important things that I can throw out there for you is to test out your water systems. And, uh, you know, with that, Next week, I want to talk about um, edibles and storage of food, but not your stored food. I want to talk about sustainable 
uh, forms of food, which means that what I want to talk about is, is to add a little bit more depth to canning, freezing, drying, producing, gathering food. And this is going to be in not going to the grocery store to get it. So uh, next week we're going to talk about that food source, but we're going to talk about it from a different perspective. We're going to talk about safe canning. Uh, I'm going to whip out my big ball big ball big book of canning and um, actually throw at you uh, a couple of things. So be sure to tune in next week while we talk about uh, those types of things, canning, freezing, drying, and other ways that the back in the day that they used to, I'm going to, I'm going to touch base on some old ways that people used to store food, cold storage, potting meat, things like that. Those are the things that I'm going to touch on next week, uh, ways to take care of and preserve your food. Anything but the grocery store and your food storage that you've already put up. So with that, we all know that uh, around here, we are preparing to thrive during uncertain times. And I will talk to you all next week. Don't forget to listen tonight at 10 o'clock for Sherman Tank. His show is on tonight at 10 o'clock. And uh, I will talk to you all next week. Have a great week. This is KPRN-DB, broadcasting worldwide from Southeast Oklahoma, USA, to parts unknown. When we go out to eat, we never agree on where to go. Pizza. Tacos it is. The one thing we do agree on is we all want unlimited high-speed data. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four lines with unlimited LTE data for just $100, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Requires new line. During congestion, the fraction of customers using more than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. Video streams at up to 40p. No tethering. See store for details and terms and conditions. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.